All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I hate to break the fishing news after Ram Chuck, but I'd like to speak about the ice hockey. Congratulations, you're one of the 13 listeners of the Real Life Podcast. We just traded a migraine in for like an orgasm. Might want to mark that down. Yep. All of my projects are on schedule until they're not. A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. About as funny as we're going to get today. Episode 287 of the Real Life Podcast. Kylie Remchuk, Bag Milk, Jay, Chalmers, Wanye. Soon to be Luke Gazdick. He emailed me an hour ago and said, looking forward to chatting with you guys. And I said, oh, boy, you're excited to talk to a bunch of guys in their trucks. Now, hold on. You said Wanye soon to be Luke Gazdick. Am I becoming Luke Gazdick? No, Transformational I, episode. Yeah, I, you I want me like, to pretend to be Luke Gazdick? Is that what you're saying? I, that's how we're going to get away with it. That's our new strategy for interviewing yeah. big name guests. Yeah. Is we're just going to get you to pretend to be. Them. I'll pretend. OK, I'm Luke Gazdick. Hey, everybody. <laughs> it's me, Luke Gazdick. Oh, hey, Luke. hey, Luke. Hey, guys, how's it going? Your show's amazing. Me and all my former NHL player friends talk about it regularly. And that's it. Like, that's all. <laughs> all right. <laughs> the podcast is brought to you by the HGA Group. It's the next generation of business services. They are helping us grow this business right here, the Nation Network, and they can help your business as well. Check them out. The HGA Group. Good local company. We're going to have some guests. Uh, we're going to have a whole whack of guests coming up here. I'm very excited for uh, what we got coming up in the next month here. Uh, but also, I think we're going to have a new intro launching right away. So if you're listening to this, I want your help constructing the next intro for this show. What are your favorite oh, like sound bites? What are some iconic real-life sound bites that you think that really stick out in your head as a listener that should be included in the next intro for this podcast? I'm all ears, literally. I'm my very large ears. 
But can we have a robot cinnamon. voice that goes like, you are now listening to real life in the beginning? Because that'd be fly. I feel like people might tire of that. Well, this currently starts out with me going, uh, 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 and I'm tired of that. A robot would be dope. Chalmers, you do not have a penis. Oh, boy. Where'd it go? <laughs> that robot's crazy <laughs> mad about Chalmers in his wiener situation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that would be my vote, though, your M-Jack. Robot voice. Okay. You don't have to say yes. You said brainstorming. Not every idea yeah. is a good one. Maybe we should yeah, do like a 10-minute... Maybe we should do like a 10 minute blurb where we all just shout out things that like could be little like catchphrases that could go in the intro and we just like <gasps> yell shit for like 10 minutes. I mean, that's basically what the podcast is. Anyway, you want to but... brainstorm new catchphrases? Yeah. Oh, that'd be all right. Uh, anyways, uh, we got, that's we got... not a salmon. That's my grandfather. <laughs> no. Okay. We can do better. Just trying to work out the ideas, Chalmers. Not everyone's a keeper. No Throw spaghetti no. at the wall. You yell something out. I'll fucking shoot you down. Yeah. Make you sad <laughs> no, too. I'm not going to do it. Hmm? Not going to do it. We better pull our shit together before Luke Gazdick gets here. He was a well, great oiler, man. I love Luke Gazdick. Yeah. We got we to gotta talk about some stuff before he gets here. Uh, namely, we, prep, we didn't prep for the interview, so let's do it now. No, we'll prep no, right now. Namely, no, but no, no, no. But the things that are happening in hockey, that's okay, like, sure. there, there's some big. Why? There's What's some happening? Big, well, I mean, I, I was kind of happy with seeing that Reeves got two games from what he did. And I'm, I, you know, after hearing what I said and, and being quite emotional and not really thinking too much about it, I'm glad that when the more things that I read and the more things that I listened to from people who actually know what the fuck they're talking about, uh, kind of agreed with me and kind of were on the same wavelength as I was. So that, that was nice to see. Um, There's been last... numerous crises since then. Shifley hit that guy and opened up a black hole. He hit him so hard. Well, as I was going to say, last night, obviously. I mean, Toronto's out. That felt great. Um, great. Uh, it was nice to see Oilers fans get to do what the Maple Leafs fans did to Oilers fans uh, after we lost. So, um, it, the stuff that I'm hearing about Toronto, just like the, the records, like that's eight straight Game 7 losses. That's, you know, that's like they, in 21 days, they're going to have the longest, uh, the longest amount of time between Stanley cup wins. Um, they're going to break the record. So they will. Who had the old record? I don't know. Blues. I think Rangers. Rangers. (laughs) So, yeah. So it's like, it's like, (sighs) that's cool. But the Shifley thing last night, I remember like, I don't, I don't envy George Peros right now, man. That guy, he's got to make some, some tough calls because like I, I broke that thing down. Like it was as a Pruder film last night and it was just like, Oh, oh yeah. And good and reference. I, I still don't totally know how I feel about it. Like I think it was such a good hit. That's the problem, right? Like it was a good tough play minute left. Shifley knows what he has to do. I've seen the argument that he should have come in stick first and not played the body. Um, but when you're like, you know, when you're, when you're the uh, Jake Evans and you're coming around, you know, there's six guys coming back as hard as they can. You should probably take a look uh, behind you. And he didn't once. And it's just, there's a lot to it, but it all in all, I think that like the fact that it was such a big hit and such a, that the, like the, the repercussions of it were that he was very injured stretcher, very dramatic afterwards. Like it, uh, it makes it a lot worse. Uh, if, if he gets up and skates away, I don't think anybody has a real problem with it. Uh, as much as I hate Shifley for how well he played against us, I've always kind of liked him. He's always been kind of a, just a. I think he's overrated. To, 
You think so? Yeah. Well, well, I don't know, man. Hockey's hockey's interesting right now. That Colorado Avs series is just, or that Colorado Vegas series is just fucking awesome. Like that game was so good last night. And so yeah, yeah. I don't know. Hockey's exciting. I just it's, wish you hockey's making headlines like, right now. Like if you're it a is. purist hockey fan, there's these kind of hard nosed series that are just scrappy and physical and a ton of fun to watch. If you're maybe more of a, like I, I call it, you know, a new age fan who likes the speed and the skill like that Colorado Vegas series is incredibly entertaining. It's getting into the news. The NHL is trending because fans on Twitter are debating suspensions every second night. There's a lot of, a lot of headline it, material. It, the suspension argument, like, uh, you know, you see guys say, Oh, Shifley deserves eight games for that. That's oh, just well, a fuck horse. Off. Yeah. If Shifley had made that hit in 1996. Don Cherry would have worn a trench coat and wrapped over it in the yeah, coach's he corner. He, he would have put right? him, he would have put him in the trolley track section. Let's gone, go. Whammo, whammo, <laughs> whammo. Let's go. That, you know? Let's go. That, that hit is very, in, a very interesting subject because it talks about a lot of things. Like it's, yeah. At the end of the day, it, it is a headshot because the player was down and he hit yeah. him in the head. He's in like a defenseless he position. But like, you're a professional fucking hockey player, dude. You know, you should know your surroundings. You should have your head up. Like, there's, there's like, I, like I said, like it was, it, it should be suspended. It was a headshot. Like that's like that's without a doubt. I want to make sure everyone's I'm clear in that. Like he did skate up the ice. It could be considered a charge, but like. Like, but it's yeah. almost it's almost like, like, like it's almost like pro, if you, if dude, you, like you need to have your head up and you or you at least have to look to see what's going on before you make that move. Yeah. You're M Chuck. Do you want me to imitate a celebrity here? Like you said earlier? No, he wants us to wrap it up so we can get to Luke. You want 1994 Don Cherry to be like, that's yes. what you get for trying to score an empty netter. Let's go. Uh, trying to well, run up the score on your on the opposition. Track. You're up by <laughs> one. Go. Run out the clock. Hitting the now, table. You know? You're M Chuck. Yeah. Your comment about Shifley being overrated mm-hmm. for $6 million, that's the player you get. That's a pretty Let's good go. fucking deal. Oh, dude. yeah. Compared to his salary, he's like fine. <laughs> like, that's like, he's a good player for $6 million bucks. But sometimes people love to throw him into like the ooh, top 10 in the NHL conversation. No. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, easy. I, I, uh, okay. I, I agree with you there. I agree yeah. with you there. Um, and that, that's only my point. Like, he loves to be made out like this elite number one center. Like, he's like a good number one center. Like, he's, you know, middle road for number one centerman. Like he's not elite. He's not in the conversation with, you know, the Marshawns, Crosby's, McDavid's, McKinnon's, and all them. Okay, all right. Couple things to get to. First, some love to Neo Financial. It's a better way to spend, save, and get rewarded. The app is beautiful. It is easy to use. Savings at a one point three zero percent interest. I don't know much about money. I've been told that's pretty good though. Neo Financial. No minimum balance. No monthly fees or annual fees and all the perks of an everyday bank account. They're also giving you some chances to win money through giveaways with Oilers Nation. Shout out to Neo Financial. And now we will bring in our friend Luke Gazdick, former NHLer, 136 games in the Oilers sweater and uh, recently announced his retirement. Let's start there. Like why, why was now the right time for you to sort of hang him up? Good question. Um, I think uh, I, I've known for a little bit here. Um, I'm not a huge social media guy, so I wasn't sure how I should put it out there, but, um, I wanted to get some words out there. And then uh, two young kids from Toronto who I know helped uh, put like a little video highlight thing together for me. So uh, I just thought it was the right time. It was a Sunday. I was in Alberta at the time, actually, and it was just nice out. And I just felt like, you know, today's a, today's a good day. Let's just do it. And uh, I was a little overwhelmed and anxious to do it just because I, I thought there might be a lot of, you know, people pouring out and stuff like that. But uh, I'm glad I did it. And, and I'm kind of happy it's, it's officially over now. Why were you out in Alberta? Do you still come back here quite a bit? 
Uh, I was in Calgary. I have some family out there. Okay. Um, so I was, uh, you know, quietly trying to get out of Ontario for a little bit. But uh, I did uh, some stuff with the Oilers, actually. I did a pregame show with Jack Michaels once, just virtually. And um, I love Alberta, man. I, I love being out there, whether it's, you know, I know the Calgary-Edmonton thing, but I just love the, uh, the province in general. I was, I was going to save this question for the end, but I'll toss it out there now. You mentioned you did the pregame show with Jack Michaels. What's next for Luke Gazdick? Are you going to be a media guy? Is this what you're jumping into? Uh, you know, I have some stuff in the works. Um, I haven't really decided. I, I, I've done a little bit of that stuff now. I did one with Jack and even talking with Jason Greger the other day. Uh, uh, mentioned, uh, you know, doing some stuff in the booth, but um, I, I haven't really made any concrete decisions. I'm just taking some time right now. I, I've taken a bunch of time off, but even still now, um, I think there's a majority of guys that, you know, have something they love to do or they went to school for. And after they're done playing, they go straight into it. Uh, and then there's a large majority of guys too that have no clue. And I think I float somewhere in the middle of those. Um, I know some things I want to do. And like I said, have a couple of things in the works, but um, nothing set in stone yet. It's also so a weird ass time and that there's a lot of stuff you want to do. You can't do too, probably. Yeah. Right. So taking a little bit yeah, of time right true. now, never been a better time to take it some time. It's you know, like being, lo- being locked in your house for the last couple months hasn't helped too. So really uh, makes a guy think, doesn't it? When you can't leave or go anywhere, what do you want to do with your life? Yeah. It's been tough uh, even having to do stuff virtually, like even doing that with Jack the other night, I would have loved to be, you know, person to person or, or done some stuff. Uh, in the booth um, I, I'm not that great virtually I'm, I know I've met a couple of you boys I love being in person and meeting people and talking in front of a camera so have you been in Ontario where have you been for all this uh, mostly Ontario yeah yeah um, we were in I was in California for a bit um, and then uh, came back home to Toronto and then I have a cottage in Perry Sound which is kind of north central Ontario uh, I spent the whole winter there basically lived that hermit life uh you know the, the caveman life um built a rink on the lake and sick um, yeah well i was out in alberta for about a month a uh, month and a bit there and now back to my home toronto i love it here i know Tr- toronto gets a bad rap from from pretty much the rest of the country but uh, <laughs> it's my it's my home man and um I, I love being here so being from toronto where you did you grow up with a maple Leafs fan are you- yeah, I figured I figured that was going to come up as soon as I hit Toronto. Yeah, yeah. In the tough, context man. of life, I'm though, like- you can like whoever you want. We we all hate each other, but at the end of the day, we're like, oh, Toronto relative to other cities, of course, wonderful. wonderful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I grew up a born and bred uh, Leaf fan, man, and uh, that was tough. That was a tough one. Uh, I, I'm not a huge diehard fan like some of my buddies. I I know the fans get get it the most. I know other you know fan bases hate the Leaf fans and. Man, even for other fan bases watching, it's been tough to watch these guys and, just and it's tough implode it's, over the years. Yeah, it's tough after this one, especially because now it's not like they 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 can't pass by with what happens in the regular season now. It's yeah. like they can have a great regular season. It can be three quarters of the way through next season, and it won't be it won't matter anymore. And that's like really what the no. takeaway I feel for fans is. And oh, like, yeah. yeah, I hate Maple Leafs. I hate the Maple Leafs fans, but like I feel bad for them in this way that they have to live with that now. And like, it's all about playoffs now. And that was a tough one. I know they're going to be under the microscope here for sure. I don't know, to be honest. I don't know. I was really disappointed when the Oilers went. And then the, when the Leafs went, I felt like that was almost the worst way to go out. Um, oh, definitely oh yeah. in, in 
two two pretty crappy situations. But the Leaf one, it's just tails all this time. We've seen this thing outplay it, you know. This thing <laughs> it made me feel so much out. better about the Oilers. Like, we got swept. This is way worse. Now I can start <laughs> laughing at Toronto. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess so. As a Leafs fan growing up, who is who is your favorite player? Who would you look up to? Who would you try to model your game after? Oh, I'd love to say Wendell Clark because I used to take the subway down. Uh, I live pretty much right in the heart of the city. So I used to take the subway down, and it was like Clarkie and Gilmore were the two guys. But I was still super young at the time, so I couldn't appreciate them, I don't think, as much until a, a little later in life. My team was like the early 2000s with like Darcy Tucker, Gary Roberts, and even like Matt Sundin, who wasn't tough at all, but he's like that. That was our guy. Um, but those early 2000s Leaf teams um, – those are my guys. I'll mention them again, but like Darcy Tucker, I love to, you know, go to the Air Canada Center and watch him just uh, fly all over the ice and crush people. It was great. Tied Omi too, obviously, yeah. was on that squad who I forgot to mention. So they were tough. They were fast. They were mean. And it was just, it was such all a little guys. League. All little yeah, guys. Yeah, I know. It was just such a likable <laughs> Leaf. It was just such a likable Leaf squad. It's, it's tough for me to watch them these days. They just don't, they're not built the same. We're uh, I, we're going to talk about your relationship with the city of Edmonton, the Oilers fan base specifically, but you played in Edmonton. You grew up in Toronto. You know what these like crazy Canadian markets are like. You also spent some time in the States playing. Did you appreciate or like value the diehard Canadian fan base fan base more than maybe the whole idea of, you know, being able to get away from the game a little bit more, maybe when you play in like San Diego and places like that? Yeah, there's a lot to that question because I was in Austin for four years and we were an expansion team. So I think we had 200 fans in our first game, but we built the fan base up and uh, it was a great place to play and live. But like you said, as soon as you get away from the rink, you kind of have your your life to yourself. You barely are ever going to get recognized. And um, I remember the whole story of me getting picked up on waivers and I remember getting in the cab for my first pregame skate and uh, the cab driver turned around and he was like, Oh, you're the new guy that you're gas. The tough guy or something. Right. And I just remember like looking up and being like, we're not in Texas anymore here. Like this is, <laughs> this is wild. And then my first game was that home opener. Um, and there was, you know, I don't even know how many wrecks all, whatever it is, 17, 18,000 waving white towels. And I just remember stepping out to the ice and I'd never seen or heard anything like that before. And, just escalated for those years there. It was just, it was the funnest atmosphere Did, for me didn't to play you, in. Didn't you score two minutes into that game too? Your first NHL hockey game? Yeah, first game, first shift, first shot. First Shit. Angster. Yeah. Oh, what? Mario oh, Lemieux. 14, uh, yeah, I beat, Lemieux had 15 seconds. I beat his record at 14 seconds. There you go. <laughs> um, uh, and then, yeah, I ended up scrapping uh, Scott Thorburn in the second as well. So it was Ooh. just a crazy... We ended up losing the game, which was which sucked, but uh, it was a crazy, crazy opener for me. <laughs> That's one of those. You won me over. You, yeah, you won yeah, me you, over you, that night. I was <laughs> right. I was right behind the net when you scored yep. that goal, and I was like, "Yes, this is our tough yeah. guy, Eddie." Can, like you just like you, you, you yeah. got me that game. Yeah, was, I, mean, oh, Jay, I think it took me like I think it took me like fifty six games to score number two. But, uh, <laughs> that doesn't matter. I only remember Still number one. Yeah, number yeah, one's what matters. Oh. That's one of those games where you like lose the game, but you're so you're acting, you know, you're you're down because you lost the game afterwards. But goal, first shift, fight, you're probably a little bit like 
that was fucking awesome. That was killer. No, it's like we're in the dressing room after and everyone's kind of down. I kind of like have this little shitty grin on You're like, like, are we going out, boys? Are we going out? Are we like, going? Yeah, I know. I know. I was like, I think my fan was in town or else I would have probably been at some establishment on Jasper Ave. But uh, I love it. Yeah, it was, I think it was this- fun. It was a great night, man. Some guys come to town, some Oilers players come to town, and they're immediately embraced by the fans, right? And I think there was a lot of, obviously, some leaner games in, in your careers in Oilers as a team, but especially with how you came out of the gate. Like, people love you right off the bat. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. And that was the goal, man. That was, like, I, I, I don't set too many personal goals for myself, whether it's, you know, number of fights or, or points or anything like that. But my one goal was, like, you know, I'm coming in to, to mess stuff up here. Like, I, I'm coming in to send a message and, uh, when you get picked up on waivers, you have 30 days with the team, uh, on an NHL roster. So I knew I had 30 games and it was probably, or 30 days and maybe like, you know, eight to 10 games in that span. And I just said, you know, I'm going to make the most of it and started off with a bang. You totally made the most of it. You did a great job. Seems like you were here way yeah. longer than 130 games. Yeah. I remember that too. And I think part of it too, is like, you were a very positive figure in yeah. a rather negative time to be a fan. Yeah. So like yeah. the positive memory of like Luke Asdick fucking steamroll the guy tonight and drop the <laughs> mitts. Like that always stood out for like two weeks because there was like not a lot of other positive shit. Uh, that was our Stanley out. Cup. That was, was our Stanley Cup. <laughs> Your period and a half of hockey was yeah. our Stanley Cup. Uh, well, yeah. If you, if you got like an Oilers fan, like, hey, what were the 10 best moments during that decade where we missed the playoffs? Like, the uh-huh. Ryan Jones hat trick is up there. Luke Asdick's goal in his first game is probably uh-huh. up there as well. Um, aside from that first goal, is there another like unique Edmonton Oilers moment that stands out to you? I think um, if we're going towards the rink and like on ice stuff, um, I had a fight pretty early in the season. I don't even know when it was, but I fought Milan Lucic uh, when oh, yeah. Boston came to town. And, yeah. and that was a crazy one for me because there's guys in the minors that are tough, but then there's the guys who have established himself in the NHL as tough. And at that point I had put him in my probably top three in the league at the time. Um, we went down three, one and Dallas, Eakin set me out. We were playing their fourth line all night and Dallas, Eakin set me out again. Krejci was in the middle of Lucic and again, with Chara and McQuaid. And I just remember looking around being like, Oh, boy. like, right. <laughs> like Dallas didn't have to say one thing. I just, I, I kind of knew like, all right, let's get something going here and ended up on Luch. And it, uh, he didn't want it at first, but I, I kind of stood in front of him and told him he wasn't going anywhere. We ended up having a great scrap. And I just remember the crowd at Rexall. Like I didn't even hear him cheer that loud for goals sometimes. Like it was, oh, yeah. it was almost deafening to me. Like, Usually you have so much adrenaline running through you, especially me after a fight, but I just sat in the box and it was so loud. And I remember that like fight. Such a, it was such a cool moment for me because I tagged him pretty good a couple of times too. Yeah. That was just a surreal moment kind of seeing 18,000, you know, going nuts for a, for a minute and a half fight. Yeah, you look like you had to talk him into it a bit. <laughs> he didn't seem to want yeah. any smoke. Yeah, I had some choice words for him. Uh, oh, yeah, you catch him a couple of really good ones. <laughs> yeah, and um, I just basically told him, you're not going anywhere. Um, I stood in front of him and uh, called him a couple of words, like I said. And before I knew it, his gloves were off and he was throwing before I even knew what was going on. And uh, yeah, away we went. Our, our friends at HockeyFights.com will love that answer. Uh, were you one of the guys, like, whenever you hear an interview with, with a fighter, they're always like, oh, I was up the night before, like, studying, watching film. Were you a studier? Were you on Hockey Fights, like, watching the scraps and all that? You know what I used to be? Like, when I was in the minors, especially coming up, I would watch 
I would like, let's say it's a Wednesday morning. I would pull up all the fights from the night before and I'd watch them. It, even guys I wasn't never going to play against. And I would just psych myself out. And then I was watching scraps on game days and like, I couldn't nap. I, I you know, I, we'd have a guy come to town and I'd watch all this stuff. And I, I pretty much stopped doing it as soon as I got to Edmonton. Um, we had a great video coach. His name was Miles. And so I basically would know coming to the rink, well, you know, what I wanted to do. And I, I would tell Milo, let's say we we're playing Calgary. I would say, hey, can you cut me, um, you know, Brian McGratton's last five, four or five scraps? Like, I don't want to see uh -oh. him fight. You know, I don't want to see him fight, you know, Ty Domi in 2000. Like, I want to see, like, his last five, what he's doing lately. I'd go out on the ice. I'd warm up. I'd come back in the dressing room. Uh, you know, I'd, I'd scope the lines a little bit, make sure, see who was in. I'd top stuff off right to the video room and I just watch, you know, a couple scraps and it, it could be one, it could have been four or five, but you know, I'd look for, I'd look for, you know, righty lefty, you know, how long does he go for? What happens when he gets hit? Just so I had an idea of what was going on. And uh, that's like me out a little less just because it was so fresh in my mind. And that's about all the studying I did. It was kind of like, I, I compared it to like a, you know, a shooter, wa you know, watching goalie film or a goalie watching shooter film. Like I just wanted to be as prepared as I could because the guys that I was fighting, if you make a mistake, they're probably going to make you pay for it. So. An, an interesting conversation I wanted to have with you is, and it's something that, I mean, in the media, it was beaten to death in those years where the Oilers were struggling, but it was that buzzword culture. And I, I've always wondered from an outsider perspective, like it's something, again, we talk about so much. We're like, oh, they need to establish a winning culture. And, you know, oh, they have a losing culture. We heard that for like, for, like I said, 10 years here. For you, being in the room, did it ever feel like that when maybe the team wasn't racking up wins? Is that something like us in the media make too big of a deal of, or do we not make a big enough deal out of like what that word culture truly means to a player? No, good question. Uh, and, and not to paint anything on the media or the fans in town, but Edmonton is a tough place to play hockey. Yeah. It is, it is not for the, the for the faint of heart. Um, it's not for the thin skin. Uh, if, if you read one tweet or, or someone says something bad about you in the media and it's going to affect the way you, you live and play, then you're not going to make it in E-Town. Um, I wasn't like that. Obviously you hate when people say, you know, crappy things about you, but um, it, it really weighs, you know, wears on you when you lose five, six in a row and every single article is just going after guys and media is asking the tough questions. And man, you couldn't go get a cup of coffee at the Starbucks without the barista. I remember a barista. <laughs> asking about what, the, I, the, the guy goes, you know, what happened on that third goal last night? And I'm like, just trying to get my morning coffee. And I'm like, Hey, everybody's a, everybody's a reporter. Eh? Yeah, but I guess everyone's a, everyone's a reporter. Everyone's a GM. Like they all get these trade scenarios for me. I, they go up and they're like, we should do this and this for this. And I'm like, but no, at the same I, time okay. though, like you're, a, you're a golden God, right? Like what, what, what is easier? It's yeah. probably difficult to play, but yet everything you do, like when you're training all your whole life to get in the NHL and yeah. the injuries you nurse, to me, with no skill at sports whatsoever, I would on some level be annoyed by fans that passionate, but also impressed because it means as much to them as it does to me, the player, right? No, you're, you're yeah, exactly right. I, I thought it was super cool, to be honest. I, I, um, I, I didn't mind it at all as much as other guys did. And no, I'm not saying to, it's everybody or, or saying guys in particular, but I, I didn't mind it at all. I love the spotlight. I love, that's what I trained no, for. I trained, yeah, I think I trained to be criticized. And I trained, trained to play at the, the highest level in the biggest spotlight. I think and it's you're all, like, it's boys, all you got to do, sorry, Charles, all you got to do, boys, is score on your first shift and pop a guy in the second, and you're a fan <laughs> favorite at Edmonton. It's not that hard. Rinse and repeat. Go on. So I got a couple questions for you that are kind of, kind of like, 
hockey related, but not on the ice stuff. Um, I guess my question was, I've heard a lot of really good, like prank stories and a lot of good, just like off the ice stories. Like you got something in your, you know, long career of three different teams that like a guy that you ran to or a prank that you saw or something that might've happened to you. Just any story that sticks out in your mind? No, that's a tough one. Cause I didn't play with too many really good pranksters. And especially in Edmonton, there wasn't that's too bad. Hendo, Hendo, Maddie Hendricks would do stuff every now and then. I had nothing off the top of my head, but he was always good for a laugh. And I would always get the rookies and, and I was just about to drop somebody's name, but actually I'll just say it, it was Oscar <laughs> Clefbaum. I used to get all the time with the color helmet. We always, we had blue and white helmets and I'd always try to get him to put on the wrong color helmet. So one game day, we actually had him go all the way out on the ice and we were all wearing blue helmets and he had his white one on. <laughs> just like little, little stuff like that. Just trying to mess with guys. But no, I never uh, played that's with good. like a really, I never really played with a really good prankster like that. That's good team camaraderie. Matt Hendricks, all, all world room guy. Eh? Uh, incredible, man. I, I got the chance to sit down with Hendo. He's doing some player development for for the Minnesota wild now. So he was in Iowa when we were there last year uh, with San Diego and I got to sit down and we got to tell stories over a couple beverages. And I, it's a lot of stuff came back to me. He was such a big part for me in my career, whether I only played, it was only a year, you know, a year and a bit or something like that. I don't even know how long it was, maybe two years, but um, so good for me. So great in the room, room DJ, you know, would sacrifice. You saw him take that Shea Weber shot right off his, uh, his man part. Yeah. Like he would put his life in front of the puck. <laughs> And he taught me how to block shots. He taught me how to be a pro. Um, I was a six-year, seven-year pro at the time, but he taught me how to really be a day-in, day-out pro. And um, thankful for him, like, every second of being with him. And Luke. and the fucking paralyzer move, baby. That thing was deadly. I love that shoot. Yeah, I could uh. score on Will. <laughs> Luke, you walked into one of my questions. We actually met before a few years ago at a Violent Gentleman event we did together. And you said a story. You brought up Matt Hendricks getting hit in the pills. Now, I just want to confirm this again. At the time, did you tell us that there are certain guys in the NHL that do not wear cups? Because I feel like I remember that. It's something that oh, stuck with me. Yeah. I'm going to get into myself into trouble with that one. Yeah, I, I'm sure I did. I remember that I was at the pint. Yeah, when we did the line. Uh, yeah, there are, there are guys in the NHL who do not wear protection around their junk. I oh, can, my God. I can tell you oh that my right God. now. Oh, They're my very, God. Aren't you just are, asking for trouble? Like, aren't you just rolling around with a loaded gun? I know. Pointed there, at your there's head? not that many, but I swear there's – in my whole career, there's probably one on every team I've played with. I'll play Unbelievable. Probably, probably one on every team. Yeah. What's the like rationale? That. Yeah. Come I on. don't I enjoy know. my penis. I, honestly, <laughs> yeah. like, I, like, do you want to have kids? Like, I, 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 don't, I don't understand. The benefits don't outweigh the, the negatives for me in, in that scenario. <laughs> I, it doesn't the, – the new age jocks, you can't even feel them. So, I don't understand. I wore every piece of protection on – across yeah. my body necessary like if, if Matt Hendricks go wasn't wearing a cup when that Shea Weber hit him he would have turned into dust yep just exploded yeah, into glitter he might, yeah he might not be around for us to talk to <laughs> oh my god that's so crazy I've been yeah. carrying that for a couple of years now, Luke. And I was just like, <laughs> did I make that up in my head? Or is that a thing he actually told us? I'm pretty sure he actually told us. I'm glad. Yeah, no, that's, that's real. That's real. Oh my good that Lord. Is, that is Holy mackerel. So with the amount, with the amount of like, so you, you kind of were talking at the beginning of the interview about like the future for, for Luke Gazdick and like, there's a lot of uh, hockey podcasts popping up, uh, you know, out in there and they all got fun names, dropping the gloves, 
spitting chicklets, uh, missing curfew. Real what life. Don't plug our fucking podcast. Bring your own podcast in. We're not a hockey podcast. We're a real life podcast. That's true. 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 Different genre. What would yours be? We come up with some fun names. Rocking the flow. You know what? I'm open to suggestions because I do have uh, I have my notepad down and I have probably about, you know, d- dozens of names that that I've, I've landed on. And I don't really like any, but we do have something kind of in the works and I don't want to give away too much. Oh, but a... I'm not sure how nice. much we're going to go. I'm not sure how much nice. we're going to go through with it. I think it's going to be me and somebody else, but um, I, it's all in the you know introductory steps. That's I've got mean, a... if you guys have any good names. I don't know I've got a title sure. for you. I've got a title for you. It's either one of the two. It's either. Better than Lemieux, yeah. Or quicker than Lemieux, <laughs> quicker than Lemieux, bitch. Fourteen take, second abs. <laughs> Call it take that, go. Mario. They're not fifteen yeah. seconds. It's fourteen seconds. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, no, we yeah. need we, we need more hockey podcasts. We need more. You hockey do well podcasts. too because you're very likable, right? Like yeah. people like listening to you. People like talking to you. It's not about necessarily star power and shit. It's like if ex players or current players want to talk to you because you're their boy, you'll kill at podcasting. Yeah, I think it's a it's a interesting avenue for me to go down just because I'm I, I, I enjoy talking to people. I enjoy talking, you know, sports and whatever it is. So uh, I know there's tons out there right now. So I just want we want to do it in the right way. There's so much available content. People have such a variety of things they can choose from. I just want to do it in the in the best way and have it look clean and classy and and funny as hell. If you so get into you- shit, come back and we'll help pump you up, man. Like you oh, got yeah. friends in Edmonton yeah. and across the nation, right? Hockeyfights.com. We can. Dropping the gloves with John Scott. We can promote you there too. For sure. For sure. That's, a, that's an avenue I'm definitely going to be exploring. There you go. Are, this, well, let's just make this a business meeting now. Let's talk details here. Aren't we? <laughs> it's real life here, yeah. Amjad. You heard Chalmer. Well, what else? Let, us what else? You, let us tell you about the new DFO. What else would you like to talk about on your podcast? You make golf or any other sports? What, what do we do? What do we Blue do Jays, outside I'm, the rink? And I'm sure it would be everything. Yeah, you're right. I'm sure it would be everything from Blue Jays baseball to music to sports and hockey and, and everything in between. So, um I, i'm still a young single i think i'm young i'm in my early 30s now but i'm still That's single young. so i'm sure we just talk life and and everything in between man consistency you right a bunch too didn't you didn't you travel yeah, a bunch recently thing, you know that's one thing i'd love to do just the last year has been shut down but yeah i've been to uh, i've been to a bunch of places i've been to a bunch of countries in europe and then i did a solo backpacking trip through thailand and indonesia Sick. two summer two summers ago now uh awesome. something like that two two summers ago so yeah i went for like 42 days by myself in thailand and, wow uh, if you do a show around. if you do a show buddy just do mentally commit to doing it for an extended period of time right because it takes re- regular posting like we're on episode 287 we've been doing this and we once or twice it. a week now for four years we're terrible but we're almost at a million <laughs> downloads because we put them out all the time right so if you're going to do a yeah. podcast don't think that like some magic's going to happen in the first two shows where you'll be like, Oh, that's totally worth it. You know, but six months in, if you're doing them regularly, I bet you you'll smash. I know you're speaking my language. I had to keep working for 11 years to, to keep playing hockey. So. <laughs> true. True. I, you yeah, I think his commitment. There's a lot of podcasts out there, but there aren't a lot of good podcasts yeah. out there and you could do a good yeah, one. Sure. Yeah, you didn't sure. skip leg day for 20 years to <laughs> be told to be committed <laughs> to give yeah, up after yeah. two months of podcasting. Yeah, yeah. 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 Exactly. Well, this is hard. Exactly. You know, <laughs> you know you, guys uh, who don't wear cups. That's hard. 
You talked yeah, about the travel. I'm gonna get some. I might get some backlash from that story, but who knows? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not exposing no. anybody in particular. No, no, no. no. That's that's if yeah, they're that's rolling awesome. around with no cups. The worst thing is that people found out. Worry about how your balls are being exposed to death. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> shout out uh, Twig and Berries. Yeah, yeah shout too. out to our. Hey, you know what? That's a good tie-in right there. Protect your junk with our friends at Twig and Berries. Good local company free shipping on orders over 75 dollars in canada and don't forget that promo code nation 15 gets you 15 percent off twig look at that seamlessly rolled that ad read into there Boom. uh smooth. Yeah. Smooth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you talked about traveling uh, is there anywhere still kind of on your travel bucket list like where's the first spot you're going when the pandemic is in air quotes over Man, that's a good question. I've had a couple circled. Um, I'd love to go back to Asia. I want to go back and do Vietnam um, and then head up to probably Japan, do a couple countries up there. But I've also thought about, you know, South America, stuff like that. I, I, I have no idea. I might just spin the globe and, and land my finger and then just fly there. That's pretty much what I did when I flew to Bangkok. Yeah. I booked the I booked the flight 48 hours before I, I took off and didn't have anything planned. So I, I, I had some trying times in in that in that country but uh i, I made it almost <laughs> made a home just, alive and so i just gotta ask uh, i spent about in total over three years about 18 months in thailand uh so i was just i'm just curious like when you first landed in bangkok and you're kind of what was that like for you did you get the major culture shock we all did is you're just like what yeah. the fuck did i just oh do? yeah yeah it was the first thing was the size was I was like stunned at how big it was and the population. It was just crazy. I went right down to Cal Sun Road, which is right downtown my first night and sent it pretty hard. Um, and and uh, <laughs> it was cool though. The, the locals there, you can attest to the locals are so cool and they love yep. tourism. They love, yep. they love people, especially Canadians, not saying anything against my U S friends, but they love Canadians. And there's also tons of other travelers there that you meet. And like, I was, you know, I was playing in the NHL and I was staying at hostels for like 30 bucks a night and just meeting these cool travelers from every, from all walks of life. And um, I kind of just like, just fell into that, into that zone, like right away. And then I would oh, just yeah. pick my next city or I just talk to people and they'd be like, Hey, we're going here next. You want to come with us? I'd just be like, yeah, sure. Let's get on a train. Let's go. You know? So at six, so, at six, so you probably that, fit right in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how does that conversation go? Like you're backpacking, stay at hostels. And they're like, yeah, I'm like, taking a gap year from school what do you do uh i play in the nhl <laughs> there was some funny combos i'm not gonna lie like we'd exchange instagram we'd like exchange instagrams and they'd see like the verified or, or they'd see the big following and be like wait what are you doing here you should be saying well, why aren't you why are you saying like, i'm in a bunk with two other people i'm like i respect I just, that I, though i, I respect uh, that you'd be I, willing I, to trade like NHL got in for normal civilian doing backpacking. Cause it's a very good experience to have in your life. Right. And like traveling alone is relatively anonymously. You're never really lonely, but you'd never figure that out unless you had the sack to do it. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I, I don't want to make it sound too like, there was a couple nights I treated myself. There were a couple <laughs> nights of hotels here. And there, you know? um, but for the most part, I just, I, I had a backpack on, I had a yeah. pair of shoes and a pair of flips in my back. And I would just Sick. You sit down and you just meet, like I said, you meet these cool people from like, some people are, you know, taking a sabbatical from work. Some people have just finished school. Some people are like me who have no clue what they're doing. They're just traveling because they want to travel. And it was like, it was just really cool. It was such a fun experience. But they so have the like nerve legit. to do it, right? They have people yeah. that you meet backpacking. Yeah, they all have man. friends at home that didn't come. But the people who went, when you meet them, you find yeah. kind of kindred spirits because they have the nuts to do it and go do something random, right? 
man, you got to put yourself out. You got to put some balls yep. first of all, and, and you got to put yourself out there. Like even, even being social, like it, you really have to put yourself out there. I and mean, that to me, that was easy for me. I, I'll talk to anybody anytime. I'll have a conversation with, you know, Joe. You're like, do you know who I am back home? I'm the shit. <laughs> no, like we were never really, we talk talk every now and then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mostly just like, it was cool. Life. I was just journaling and journaling and meeting people. And it was great. Uh, considering so that you like to. Tyler, okay, okay. One more from me. Okay. Okay. You, get a, you got a full moon party in? <laughs> I did. Yeah. Boy. yeah. My timing was perfect. My timing was perfect. Uh, we we uh, went down me and I think there was a, we had a crew at that point. I met two girls from Alberta and there was a dude Hello. from, uh, there was a dude from New York. I think he was from, and we all went down to um, Copenhagen together. And yeah, we did. Did you do the jungle party the night before too? Oh yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah, Got so it. I did jungle, Got I did jungle, and then we did the full moon, and oh, yeah. that was enough Thailand for me. I think I flew right to <laughs> Bali after that. So oh, yeah, yeah. for a week. Yeah, same uh, spiral time. Yeah, those oh. buckets will get you, will they? Oh, buddy, do it. <laughs> yeah. Good, good <laughs> it was did you two just become best friends? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll meet you on your next trip over there, Luke. I remember when I did the full moon, I remember it was like, 8 a.m. The sun's coming up, and I'm looking around me, and, and people are either passed out face first into the in the sand, or there's still people like dancing, and it's yeah. it's it's yeah. daylight. It was so weird. Couldn't process. I know. It. I, I, I was also very I, intoxicated. I didn't even take that. Yeah, I didn't even take that many pictures because it was just like I remember thinking, trying to explain to, to people like from back home what it was like, <laughs> and I'm like, you cannot explain this. You just have. Was to there jungle boxing Seriously. when we were there at the full moon? There was like the jungle ring set up. People were just randomly beating <laughs> no, the hell out of each other. <laughs> I didn't see that. We didn't move oh. around too much just because there was like half a million people there, and I was just like, oh, where yeah. where do I go? Kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, you'd have been yeah, a wagon in jungle boxing. Uh, yeah. Oh man, I was painted up with head like you know oh. neon glow from. You have to. Yeah. And I had my hair yeah. hair tied back. It was oh like, hell yeah! Like, it was just it was a blast. Man. All I hope awesome. for you is that you made it off the island before seeing yourself in the full moon video the next day because they're filming the whole thing. That was a nightmare. <laughs> seeing yourself seen dancing. I'm, I'm, oh my god. Yeah. I'm guessing it's out there somewhere. I'm probably an absolute wreck in it, but uh, <laughs> sure, sure it's the best. Uh, considering yeah. how much you like to travel, did you ever give any thought to like playing hockey in Europe or like doing some sort of hockey related activity overseas? You know what? Not to get like too depressing on it, but at the end of my last year in San Diego, I, I was just done. Like my body, my body mm. was just done. It, yeah. it was getting to the point where on a day-to-day basis, I was waking up and everything was hurting. Uh, I've had my shoulders done like four times now. I think like that. And uh man 100 and whatever fights you can look up how many it is but um and just mentally it was just such a grind you know the minors is it's tough it's it's still a great life and nothing against you know playing hockey in the minors but it would it just got to the point where i was just like kind of done with it you know and um i had a couple opportunities to go over but they weren't great and i just didn't want to just go to just go and i, I figured that i would have rather just shut her down just because the state i was in and I, I was happy with myself. I don't have any regrets. And I was, I was happy to walk away kind of, you know, not, it was on my own terms. My body kind of said no, but at the same time, I, I, I was done, you know. When you come into the league and score quicker than Mario, you go out of the league on your own terms. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That's yeah, right. Exactly. You call your shots. Since uh, you obviously had to like work out and train your entire career to get where you made it. Did you give yourself a little bit of a break now from the gym or are you still at it and keeping up with it? 
Yeah, no, I haven't been um, doing much. I, I ride the bike pretty much every morning. I think I got that instilled in me about halfway through my career. I'll probably say Dallas Eakins is the guy that got me on a bike, and I probably haven't got off since. So I ride the bike, and um, I just try to stay active. But I'm not, like, in the gym, you know, lifting weights and squats. And I haven't been on the ice at all. Um, haven't really put on full gear in a long time either. So I'm just trying to stay active as much as we can here and, and keep the body going. But, you know, it's good for the mind as well. So just trying to stay active. I only had one more Oilers question written down, then I was going to ask you something about the playoffs. But the one, the last Oilers topic I wanted to touch on, uh, we have to ask you about, you know, playing with Connor McDavid and, and kind of what that was like in your first year, because you would have been here in his rookie season. So what was your first impression of Connor McDavid when you got to see him on the ice or even off the ice? What's he like? Yeah, you know, he's the guy I get asked about the most. I think more than even my first goal. I'm sure he, I'm sure he gets real original. Yeah, way to go, your like, M Chuck. Yeah, no, no. Sorry, boys. Fuck. No, no, no all good. I played in, uh, you know, I played and lived with with arguably the best player in the world, and uh, I just think about him reading my quotes, just just saying. He goes, I'm, I'm thinking he's saying, "Oh, what did God say about me now?" Like he, I'm sure he's heard me say everything. But yeah, he he moved in with me and Taylor my his rookie year, so it was me, him, and Halsey living in the same house. Um, so I got to see him on and off the ice and it's just incredible. He's a, he's a great kid, uh, super focused on hockey, but still has that fun side to him. Um, he's easy to talk to. And when he comes to the rink, it's all business. And he is truly as good as, as advertised. I know you can, it's pretty obvious, but getting to see him on a day-to-day basis in practice and, and seeing some of the things he tries in practice and, 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 you know, the, the way he carries himself every day is just incredible. It, it was honestly a pleasure and an honor to, to get to play with him and live with him. And even his hockey IQ, I told, I told the story to someone the other day. He told me about his, you know, that first goal against Columbus when he came back after the collarbone um, where he walked through their entire team. And I remember watching SportsCenter with him after. I think we caught the late one. It was 11 or, or noon and, and – um, or not noon, midnight, sorry – and um, he kind of walked me through like what, like what he was seeing there. And I just asked him, I'm like, you know, where, you know, what were you thinking here? And he would say stuff. And I just like, it blew my mind because I had never heard someone talk to game like that. Um, just He's just on a, on a different level. And you can see it now. He's just dominating in every, every aspect. You have a unique perspective. Sorry, you have a unique perspective on knowing how intense Oilers fans are and how we make mountains out of molehills. And then the big mountain just got dealt to us randomly. It's a golden age up here, even if we're not going deep in the playoffs yet, because there's so much shit for us to overanalyze that he does on a night to night basis. It's just, it's our honor too, frankly. Yeah, really. I know. And one, the last Oilers question I want to ask you is there's some great photos going around from your time here. Um, obviously, Joey Moss passed away a little while ago. I was just kind of hoping that you could maybe give us like a story or a memory or a thought maybe about Joey that maybe people didn't know about. My favorite thing personally is when we get to do these, some of the guys that have come through, like Sam Gagne comes to mind, just talking about how great it was to spend time with Joey Moss. So I just kind of want to hear your perspective on it. Yeah, him and Gags were best buddies. I probably wouldn't have been I don't want to say I wouldn't have been as good buddies with Monster if it wasn't for gags but um they were like best buddies so that he kind of introduced me and we would take him out for lunch and he would even come over we had like taco Tuesday at Sam's and we'd go pick Monster up and bring him out but I told this story before so I don't know if you guys have heard it but um I did it in the uh remembering Joey Moss um doc that Sportsnet aired we had it was his birthday it was his 50th birthday and, and we had it at Ryan Smith's house. It was this gorgeous place in the West End. 
And I didn't even know he was doing this. And we showed up and Smitty had rented or I don't know how, I don't even know how he did it. A full size wrestling ring in his backyard on, on the ice kind of where his, where he builds his rink. So it was like, I don't mean, it was like November, but it was like minus 30 there already. And, but there was a massive rink and we had a whole thing set up for, you know, we, I think there was three matches. So like, it was like semi-professional wrestlers going or whatever. And at the end, when the guy won the belt, he like reached over the, the, the turnstile and, and he pointed right at Joe and he was like, now you're Moss or you're next, you're mine. Like it's, it's your turn. And Moss was like face just went like completely pale. And we're like, Joey go. So it's like all the, you know, the you know, spouses and everyone from management. And he went in there and he like kind of set it up and he tapped the guy out and he took the belt and he was going like this <laughs> walking around. And it was just great. It was like the coolest night ever. And, and everyone was just loving it. And it was, I, 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 you know, if you could ask Moss or I'm sure it's one of his coolest experiences too. Cause he had smile from eye to eye. He, I think he wore the belt at the rink for like two weeks after that, <laughs> just walking around, walking around oh. holding towels with the championship belt on. So uh, it, that's a story, but you know, on a day-to-day basis, he was the best man. He was so like, he made my time there. So, like so much better you'd walk in and i'd say hi and he'd have a trip ready for me right away uh, <laughs> you know he, he'd say something all the time and um we'd wait till he's done all his chores and my favorite part of every morning was sitting around the we had this kind of breakfast island and it was usually like me gags yeah uh, jeff petrie halsey and abs abs was always in the mix abs was always stirring the pot he was he was popular number one but we would just sit down and shoot the breeze with joey and it was just the funniest it was a good good you know 20 minutes but it's funnest part of every morning at, at rec fall that's amazing that's, awesome. that's a great story man that's awesome yeah. so we've been talking a little bit about you know the distant future but what's uh what's summer looking like for luke gazdick what do you got nothing like everyone else or <laughs> <laughs> nothing on the go right now i'm um i'm living in downtown toronto and gonna try to get some stuff going uh i'll see what happens but it's just nice to be home hopefully uh i can start seeing some more friends and family here soon we don't even have much open still but um yeah i'll be in the heart of the city i'll be watching my blue jays who are playing down in buffalo right now but um i'm gonna try to get some stuff going on the side and like i said i got a couple things in the works so you know we'll see where we go from here jay's got enough to come back oh i I got a jay's question they got enough to get a grab a wild card spot here oh man i thought so right away but Slipped a little. I do. I, I I do. I think I think so. They they got some work to do, but um, pitching's looking a little better. Manoa wasn't that great last night, but yeah. the bats are the bats are coming around. And as long as they keep that pitching going down the stretch, I think uh, that'll give them a shot too. Have you young guys uh, taken the opportunity to go back and watch a bunch of Vladdy Guerrero senior highlights from back in the day? Like, when he'd oh, like hit one off the ground oh, yeah. and it'd go to the fence? Like, oh my shit. God, this I know. guy. Yeah, so, Sans, so batting, fa- Sans batting gloves too. Sans batting gloves. Yeah. Famous, famous stories about him is he was like the like literal worst base runner in the world. He just like <laughs> would advance with no, he wouldn't, he would just not look at the base coaches. He just, he thought that it, the further I got, the better. So he would just like run on anything. And, but man, he could mash that. The talent to mash the way he did with no batting gloves, just looking like you're just a mess walking up there. Throw back. Oh, oh dude, man. this guy could throw. This guy could could hit the baseball mile. I saw a clip of him throw it from the third base, from third base to over the right field wall. He could throw it a mile, and like you said, he'd oh. walk up there, huge chew in with like no batting gloves, and just <laughs> hit, it a, hit it a mile. I used yeah. to love watching that guy play. 
Luke, that's all for me, unless anyone else has a quick one, but we really appreciate your time, man. Uh, like we said, you're, you're an all time fan favorite up here in Edmonton. Yes. I know they always welcome you back. Good. So whenever you get time. going, come back, we'll help hype it up. Yeah. No, I appreciate yeah. it. Not just you guys, but man, oil, oil, like oil country has been incredible just over this little last retirement period. But even just through the years, man, I'll get tweets every now and then once an oiler, always an oiler. People tell me they still have, you know, signatures and pucks. I threw them over the glass. It's I still a, see your jerseys at Rogers. Oh yeah. You'll see a Gazdick yeah. jersey. Uh, Damn right. Oh well, yeah. For been, sure. It's been the, the outpour from Oilers Nation, man, has been crazy the last couple of days. I really didn't think there were that many people that still remembered and, and liked me. So it's been uh, overwhelming, but boys, it's been unreal, and I appreciate it. Well, we thank you for bringing us. Yeah, and thank you for bringing us joy during the decade of darkness. You made some of our nights. Like that Lucic yep. fight was is one of them. Your first game is yeah. one of them. They were dark days as Oilers fans, but you, you gave us uh, a sense of purpose and joy. So thank you for that. No problem. I was more than happy to, boys. All right. 43 minutes. What a guy. Good. He's nice. Yeah, holy shit. We went deep with Gaz. Me and Luke Gaz are going to Thailand together. Yeah, no, you are. Not a big yeah. deal. We're going to get silly. Well, I respect a guy. With you. Sorry, buddy. I respect that you can take your life as an NHL star where you're being treated everywhere you go like royalty on like private 747s and shit. And if you can trade that in for going and being a backpacker, you're a certain type of person. Because yeah. most people are like, why the hell would I stay in a hostel when I'm used to staying at the Ritz, right? Oh, yeah, I love it. I love that. So a guy, a guy like him, he's really got, like, he, like the, whole, the whole package. I mean, like, he's really well-spoken. You know, everybody respected and liked everything he did in his NHL career. And, like, he's a good-looking dude, man. The guy could you pull yourself together, Chalmers. You're he can do whatever he wants. I, I'm just saying, it's like, it's the, the at 33 to retire hockey. Or, he's 33, you said, right? Yeah. To retire hockey at 33 and have the world just open to you like that, it's got to be pretty refreshing. Cool. Got to be exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, who knows? Maybe, maybe we got more uh, Oilers Nation Luke Gazdick content coming to you. Maybe. I'm not. I'm just saying that because I think why, he's why good at this shit. Why are you teasing shit. us? You gotta, you gotta let us know. Hey, you got an things. idea? Your M check. What the fuck's going on? I thought I was gonna DM him directly and start a travel blog, but I guess you got different ideas. <laughs> I already DM'd him and said, you and me could take over this Uremchuk shit and run things. Luke Gazda can host the pod. If he's spending $30 tonight on, on his place in, in Thailand, we're going to have to have that, Luke. You know? Yeah. yeah. It's, Cut those it's like, if, down. You, if you go all the way over there, I don't care how much money you have. Like, you should have the experience that you're looking for. And, and the experience that you're looking for is the hostile experience, which is yeah. honestly my big, my worst nightmare. Like I, when he's like, I'd be in hotels and I don't even have money and I would just be straight up not staying in hostels. Cause I can't, I need air. The fun thing. The fun thing about backpacking, the fun thing about going to the full moon party is your money's almost of no value. Right. Right. Like if you have a bucket, like bag milk was talking about, which is like a plastic bucket with ice, with a, mickey of whatever the hell and it's like a quarter that's really all you need until you need another bucket yep yep and save uh, a dollar for for your street pad tie exactly oh, put mayonnaise to. on your pizza wanye which has been out in the sun for ages and wonder why you got food poisoning <laughs> one night or you just eat like a random you know street chicken that who knows how long that's been sitting there that was my go-to yeah, why is chicken in quotation are, marks oh yeah, every, chicken. everything you guys are saying are the things that you would write down if you were trying to talk me out of going somewhere yeah. <laughs> like, oh street, i love it street uh, chicken outdoor outside Towers, you wouldn't want to drink a bucket of ryan coke oh yeah and i know there's another bucket hey, coming truth, when that one's truth, done yeah truth, and it's yeah. only 50 cents away 
Yeah. If we're talking traveling, truth be told, yeah. I did my fair share. I mean, I've been to Europe a bunch of times, three times. And the one time I went, I did backpack and I was 20. And it was like, I stayed in hostels and that experience was amazing. So like, I've done it, but I think I'm a little too old, a little too long in the tooth for that kind of stuff. I remember days. you coming. Did, were you on your way to Europe or on your way back when you came and met us at the Stampede? Back, that back, one year. on my way back. I, I, I'm, I'm kicking you up at the airport. You're like, I am dead. And I was like, you better pull your shit together because we were in yeah. the Stampede and we're like yeah. 20. So how, fucking how about get that? it together. So, yeah, my, my, my now wife uh, was staying in Europe for another two weeks uh, with a couple friends of hers. And so, but I had to come home. And I remember I, I flew into Calgary to meet you guys for Stampede. We picked <laughs> up in the airport. My, you know, oh, yeah. Boss move. Boss yeah, move. Yeah, it was awesome. Huge it was play. Awesome. Huge yeah. play. That's why I had to come home was the Stampede. <laughs> you remember when we used to go places and do shit? You remember that, Oh, right? my God. Uh, Stay at the point. The point in. The point. Oh, the right on point Barlow, never fall. Barlow Trail for $14 a night. Yeah. <laughs> I was Every actually, hotel in town is sold out. I guarantee you I know where there's a room. The yeah. point. I was actually <laughs> looking at flights in the last night. Just dude, we've yeah. I, we're, I'm planning trips right now. I'm straight up yeah, like too. all this stuff is happening. Like I've already planned September, October, November, and December. We have yeah. Like, Charles, I heard thing. there's a December move happening. Oh, did you hear about it? I've, I've heard. Yeah. I've heard. Yeah, yeah, it's grout. You're grout. Yeah, it's it's very preliminary, but it's happening, and you're coming, and everybody. It's going to be amazing. Am I coming? You want to come? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Will you as, long as, the, as long as the flight isn't more than what was Tyler's max? It was like five or six hours or something like that. Yeah, I will not be on a plane for more than four and a half, oh. five hours. No, this is like really? this is this is oh, this is your on, typical man. this is your typical Mexico move, you know. Okay. But no kids, Mexico's couples. Oh, that's good. I don't have kids. Private resort. Just I don't have a couple. Can I but still not. come? <laughs> like, no, no, yeah. we'll go together. Go as a kid. Yeah, you two go together. That'd be fun. 138 bucks a night for a for a uh, one a one bed, uh, US. So you guys can sleep together in it, and then it'd no be problem. nice. Sharesies. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Luke Gazdick set me up perfectly to do my Twig and Berries ad read. That However, he, he did not set me up perfectly to do the Manscaped ad read. I was really wishing he would have. Uh, Manscaped.com. Use the promo code Real Life gets you 20 percent off and free shipping. Whether it's the Lawnmower 4.0 or one of their wink big packages that they have on the site you can take oh care my. of your package with manscape.com promo code real life now uh, i don't like to judge a book by its cover but to judge a book by its cover i think luke gazdick would be in serious need of manscaped tools how dare at the you. present time or just in general you why because he has lots right? of because he has lots of got, hair on his face and head you think he's got hair all over his package yeah, like, a, like a wild animal how yeah, dare like, you? I, I grow a beard. I've got chest hair. It's I grow a beard. Correlation. I have chest hair. Doesn't I believe his yeah. manscaping is pristine. Oh, I, I bet you keep it tight. I don't know, but I, what, what, sorry. I, sorry. I, I mean, like, he, he, he's not in, like, need of it in the sense oh. of, like, he's hairy right now. But, like, he would really, like, he probably enjoys the tools of what are you what doing do for him i'm trying to i'm trying to figure out how to articulate this properly because i guess it came off wrong <laughs> well it might have basically you Yo, no, you're taking luke gazdick from... has a well okay. some people, nah. some, luke gazdick people... so gross you're taking away from so, the interview no, 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 was no, no, he's no. probably a man who needs to and likes to shave his package with a manscape because he's hairy from harry and the hendersons yeah i will it just i, I have a feeling that he he <laughs> He he needs Manscaped just as much as I need Manscaped because I produce a lot of you know hair mm. being a hairy guy. I'm definitely so not going to be the one to tell him. I feel right. like we're if part of the same if, club. 
If you're playing uh, in the NHL and you're not wearing a cup, do not use Manscaped. You yeah, need every bit of cushioning. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Grow it out. That's the only time I would absolutely. ever infer to grow it yeah. out is if you're not rocking a cup. One on every team, boys. I'm going to be watching this now for years. Littering like, oh. and you're gonna, be staring at every, you're gonna be staring at everyone's junk being like are you the one are you the one i wish we could bet on it you know somehow <laughs> i wish there was some or, kind of betting on it. does that surprise you run check as a guy who knows more about hockey than virtually everyone i know does it surprise you one person per team has no cup listen there are a lot of idiots in the world and i think that becoming <laughs> a professional athlete does not always weed out idiots and i just think that there are idiots in the nhl and they were probably... amazed it's legal to be honest you'd think the ref would go around and grab everyone's junk oh i see why they don't do it never mind or like uh, insurance yeah. or something you know what i mean yeah, yeah. insurance exactly yeah. nobody's checking that's the thing of course it's like like if the dude got a puck in the in the crotch and they found out he wasn't wearing a cup I highly doubt the team's insurance is going to pay for that. Like just, his ugh. hospital bills. They it's would like, probably not tell. They would just I keep just it in the know, I just want to know what the benefits are of not wearing None. one. Like what is the benefit? Zero. Like, so you're not, so, you're not faster because of it. It's right. So I, I, when I played hockey, I hated when it would fall down. Like it would go down because the socks would like, I, I like to pull my socks down and they yeah. get, and I tape them in place. And so when you move, sometimes the can can fall down and cup under. And so I have to keep pulling it up. Right. Unless I was to like, cause the bands just aren't, I guess, tight enough. So, I mean, maybe it's that, I don't know. That's the only thing I could think of. And my junk was so big. It was pushing it down bag milk. Or it's so small <laughs> that it couldn't latch on <laughs> or latch on. Yeah. Like the, the other day, day like, really overdue for some manscaping. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like Velcro down there. You know? You're not hanging up a jacket. Your M Chuck. It's just sitting there. <laughs> the other day, me and Wanya Jr. were watching TV, you know, like you do. And he like folded in half and kicked me so hard in the region, not yeah. knowing anything. He's a baby, obviously. I mean, he probably did it on purpose. No, he meant it. I had to go put him down and walk around in a circle for about a minute until I could regain my senses. I couldn't imagine being grazed by a foot pass in the NHL, let alone a slappy. Yeah. Woo. It's like it's like that. There was a Saturday Night Live sketch where they were designing man. And they're like, well, what is that there? And they're like, well, that's the hangy thing in the pack and the, and the wrinkle pouches. And she's like, oh, well, so the hangy thing, it's like sensitive. And they're like, oh, no, you could punch and bend that thing all you want. It's never going to get hurt. Oh, well, what about the wrinkle pouches? Oh, you flick that. And we turn, <laughs> we, we go crying into a ball. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and then they're like, well, yeah, it's fucking hilarious. I loved it. Okay. Like so if cool. you had a puck tipped into your groin region uh, with no I quit hockey, I should have quit hockey. I said this lot we... on the on the podcast. I did not. If there were times when I forgot my can for practice, and I just went home. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we've learned something today. I feel like it's true, and it's a mild secret that he divulged to us by telling us this. Every so team that rolls into Edmonton next year, it will become a bit on our podcast. Yeah. We need to look at the yes. focus of the players and try yeah. to guess who isn't wearing the yeah. cup. This is going to yeah. require some deep study and thought. Yeah. I I agree. Deep study. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right, I'm going to TV. I'm going to wrap up the pod here. Uh, this has been episode 287 of the Real Life Podcast. This is and, a gooder. Oh, a big shout out to Luke Gazdick. This was a huge, really huge. fun episode. Yeah, what a view. And we didn't talk over each other too much. So good guest. Oh, yeah, we did pretty good. Yeah, we recently good. executed. Good ad reads. I scored I this wanna, one a solid nine and a half out of ten. I want to ask the listeners if you're listening to this, hit us up Nation Real Life on Twitter and Instagram. Who's your guess? I want to know who people's guesses are for the canless folk. That's why you know what this guy's fucking Connor is doing guy. all this with no cup on. I wouldn't even be surprised. 
I wouldn't even be surprised. He just he just guides him like a torpedo. He's like, I wrap the one thing around Stop the other it. things, and that's harder than a cup, bitches. I'm good. Shout out to our friends at the HGA group for sponsoring this podcast. Hopefully you continue to sponsor it after you hear all this junk talk at the end. Um, yeah. Uh, speaking of HGA, we're going to need their help. I just got a text message about an agreement that just got signed that we'll talk about later. And we're going to need their help more than ever. Is it with Luke Jesus. Gazdick's cup? Be- it's yeah. What a tease. You're becoming the ultimate tease machine. Yeah, yes, good. Hey, you are a hey, tease Wanye, machine. I just got a text Stay message. for huge. Monday's episode. That's how oh, it works. Hey, yeah, that's Welcome radio fundamentals. Game. Jeez. Leave Fred, you got to spread more. it out. Spread it out over all the episodes. Gotta this is an episode one of one. I have one yeah. question. Oh, yeah. What? When is the pool heater going to be ready for crying out loud? Uh, well, just so you know, Mother Nature's been the pool heater. And I got, I got the pool going at about 21 degrees right now. Where, where so are you hey, doing this podcast right now? Where'd you go? He's, he's, he's walking. I, he's just doing his so, thing. So, well, I'm walking. Well, okay, here, here's an HGA business story for you. Little Brick, built in 1903, when air conditioning wasn't even existed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, as a functioning cafe in the summer, she gets hot. She gets real hot. 2,000 degrees hot. So, we just installed air conditioning. We did? Oh, is, upgrades. We did, in a pandemic? Fed- in a pandemic, we pulled wow. it off. Upgrade. We, we got air conditioning. So, as we've talked about, why the you know the, the office being a sauna in the winter, uh, and sometimes an, an ice box in the spring, it's because the thermometer that runs the whole main floor of the cafe, which my office is on, is in the cafe side. Mm-hmm. So if the cafe is hot, which it is, and it's because it's, the sun's coming in and all the warm air is coming in because the door is open. The AC kicks on. Well, in my office, it is not hot, so the AC is kicking on, and it is probably, I bet you, it is 14 degrees in my office right now. All we the people that don't have air conditioning. That sounds lovely. Yeah, all the people so, that, are, that don't have air conditioning right now are feeling really bad for you right now. Yeah. Oh, I know, no, I know. So, I, so I'm so cold, I had to get out of the office. Uh, so after we got before Luke, I, 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 I walked outside because I'm warming up right now. It's like okay. having too much money. I'm too cold on the hottest days of the year. Yeah, I'm just too cold. It's just <laughs> I mean, ridiculous. I wish. <laughs> <laughs> the, big, the, the big thing is, is the business needed it, right? You know, our kitchen, our staff need it, and every, you know, our customers need it when we can do dining again. So it's important. So it doesn't matter how I feel in the office. <laughs> You're, You're such a hero. hero. <laughs> All right, I'm a hero. I'm gonna, I'm gonna wrap up. I'm gonna wrap up. I'm a hero. Me and Mario Lemieux. Thank you. <laughs> Take care, my friends. We'll see you on Monday for Jay's big secret. Yep. Good. Bye bye. Okay. Great job on making it through the entire hour of the real life podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code presson25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Presson Falsies. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.